G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. And if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon uh, was done a little bit differently at church. Uh, What we decided to do was explore the Swedish Bible study method. And so if you watch our live stream, you can hear the comments that went along there. Uh, But today I'm going to look at Mark chapter 1 verses 35 to 45 with you in the style of the Swedish Bible study method. But obviously it doesn't match our live stream. But here's Mark chapter 1 verses 35 to 45. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And Lord, as we study your word tonight, we pray that you would open our hearts to hear what you have to say and open our lives to apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today at church was Blessing of the Backpack Sunday, a day where we pray for our students, teachers, and parents who start Term 1 of 2024 of the new school year tomorrow. In a sense, Mark takes us to school in today's passage. He takes us behind the scenes to give us insight into Jesus' prayer life. He shows us Jesus' missionary purpose, and he tells us about a time Jesus healed a leper. So in the spirit of our service today, we're going to turn this church and this podcast into a classroom and learn from this passage using the Swedish Bible study method. What is the Swedish Bible study method, you ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) It's a tool that lets anyone learn directly from the Bible. You don't need a theology degree, a priest, a pastor, or a preacher. You don't need an expensive book. You don't even have to be a Christian to use this method. It's called the Swedish Bible Study Method because a missionary called Ada Lum named it after a group of university students she saw studying the Bible together in Sweden. The students simply met up weekly, prayed together, then read a passage from the Bible, about 10 to 15 verses long, out loud. And then they reflected on three things, a light bulb, a question mark, and an arrow. That again, a light bulb, a question mark, and an arrow. The light bulb is for the thing that stands out for you. Identify the thing or things that light up in the passage. 
For me, the two things that stand out most in this passage are verse 35 and verse 40. In verse 35, Jesus withdraws to a solitary place to pray. I love that Jesus' life was marked by regular, intentional, solitary times of prayer. Jesus wakes up before dawn and goes to be with God the Father. How wonderful is that? The fact that Jesus, God in the flesh, prays is marvelous. The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been in an eternal conversation since the dawn of time. It's a dialogue of mutual affirmation, love, and honor. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. Jesus loves the Father and the Spirit. Jesus doesn't have to pray to get into God's good books. God already knows what's going on in his life. And yet in his humanity, Jesus, like us, must pray. The most wonderful thing about this for me is that we get a little peek into the relationship Jesus has with the Father. And when we pray, God brings us into that conversation. God lets us be part of this wonderful relationship. He listens to us and he responds. The second thing that lights up for me in this passage is the question Jesus is asked by the man with leprosy. If you are willing, you can make me clean. What a peculiar question. It fills my head with questions, and we'll get to those in, the mo- in a moment. But for the time being, let's think about this poor man. He's got leprosy, which means he's untouchable, excluded from his family and friends. He's got a disease that's killing inch by inch. And suddenly, he hears that Jesus, this amazing healer, is in town. He somehow finds Jesus in the crowd, gets his attention, and then shoots his shot, firing the most peculiar question. If is such a big word. It seems to, he seems to believe that Jesus has the power to heal him, but he doesn't trust whether Jesus wants to. So many questions. So let's turn to the question mark in the Swedish Bible study method and think about the questions this text brings into our minds. For me, my three big questions are, why does Jesus go to another place when he already has crowds flocking to him where he is? Second, why does the man with leprosy say, if you are willing, you can make me clean? And third, why does Jesus not want the man he's healed to tell anybody about his healing? There are lots more questions you could ask. But on Sunday, I hope to hear some questions I hadn't thought of yet. But let's explore these questions that I've asked. First of all, why does Jesus go on to a new town when everyone is looking for him in Galilee? This is what the disciples can't understand when they find Jesus praying. Jesus is reaching the peak of his popularity. He's famous, and the disciples can't wait to see how he'll wow the crowds today. But when they go and wake him up in the morning, he's not there. They go off and find him, and instead of working, getting ready for his next big show, he's praying. Surely he's too busy to be wasting time on prayer. But that's just it. Jesus is too busy not to pray. And he's not come to pull rabbits out of hats. He's not interested in wowing big crowds. He's a man on a mission. And what's he come to do? Look at verse 38. Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. 
That is why I have come. Jesus has come into our world to preach. He's come to do other things. We'll see this throughout the rest of Mark. But preaching for him is a priority. He's not here to impress. He's come to preach. Here we see the value Jesus places on preaching. Preaching is not a side hustle for Jesus. It's the main show. Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue in the many villages of Galilee preaching, calling people to repent and telling them about the kingdom of God. This, according to Jesus, is why he has come. The next question is fascinating, and it's posed by a leper. This man is an outcast, and he's taking a huge risk. Leprosy was a catch-all term for a number of skin diseases, not just limited to what we call leprosy today. If you were found to have a spreading skin disease, you had to show yourself to the priest. If you were found to have leprosy, you were economically, socially, and spiritually cast out from the community. You couldn't work a normal job or go to the market to buy food. You had to move away from your family and friends for fear that the disease might infect them. This also meant that you couldn't go to places of worship with other people. This is perhaps why the man asks Jesus, If you are willing, you can make me clean. He gets on his knees and begs Jesus for help. He trusts that Jesus has the power to heal him, but he doubts whether he has the willpower. To me, Jesus seems to take offense at this question. Maybe not with the man so much as the idea that he wouldn't want to help. Or maybe with the evil that surrounds this situation. Either way, he's moved with compassion. Or in some manuscripts, it says that he was actually indignant, angry, exasperated. Jesus answers the if by reaching out and touching the man, and then says an emphatic, be clean. Verse 42 tells us, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Usually the touch of a leper would make you unclean, but here the reverse happens. Jesus' wholeness is infectious, and then the man is cleansed. This brings us to the third question. Why does Jesus tell the man in verse 45, See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. If Jesus was so concerned about getting the news out and preaching to people, why does he want to keep this healing a secret? This is sometimes called the messianic secret, and there are a number of instances in the Gospels where Jesus tells people he's healed not to tell others. Now perhaps it's reverse psychology. Jesus wants the man to tell others, so he tells him not to tell. This seems unlikely, because I doubt Jesus would encourage someone to disobey his word, and he sternly warns him. He's serious about this warning. Instead, to me, it seems Jesus says this because he doesn't want his ministry to become a freak show. Sure enough, verse 45 tells us, The man went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus' ministry is hampered by this man's loose lips. All of a sudden, he can't go into the towns and synagogues to preach anymore because he's mobbed at every turn. The crowds aren't there to hear Jesus preach. They want his healing powers, and they want to see him do tricks. From now on in Mark, leaders will start to clash with Jesus, and people will become jealous of his popularity. 
This hampers his preaching, but still the gospel will go out. This man's disobedience of God's word can't hinder his work. Even our mistakes can be used by God for his glory. And this brings us to the arrows or the application in this text. For me, there are three big applications. Firstly, you're never too busy to pray. We live in a world where popularity and affirmation matters so much. We want people to like us and follow us. We want people to care what we say and to be a headline. Sadly, this often distracts us from what should matter most, God's affirmation. Do you care more about what people think of you than what God thinks of you? What impact does this have on your prayer life? Seeing Jesus withdraw early in the morning is refreshing because here we see that even Jesus had to work to make time to pray. Everything starts with prayer. Prayer orientates us, it inspires us, and it draws us into the heart of God. Prayer is such a deep privilege, and Jesus doesn't let the crowds or even his disciples distract him from prayer. Seven days without prayer makes one week. The second application for me is that preaching is a priority. For so many years, the sermon time in church was a time when I'd check out and often go to sleep. But for Jesus, preaching is the reason why he came. So for me, this passage is a reminder of the priority I should place on preaching. Am I paying attention when I hear a sermon? Am I taking notes? Am I praying and asking God to help me apply what's been preached? A sermon isn't something we have to enjoy every Sunday. It's the inspiration God's given us for the week ahead. Jesus prioritized preaching, and so should I. The final application I see in this passage is the importance of trust and obedience. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So goes the beautiful hymn we sing in St. John's. At first, the man with leprosy seems to trust in Jesus' power to heal him, but he doesn't trust Jesus. You can see why Jesus seems a bit miffed by this. Jesus is goodness personified, and he deserves my trust. When I fail to trust Jesus, I wonder. I begin to trust in myself rather than in God. Jesus is trustworthy, and we need to put our trust in him. And if we trust Jesus, we also need to obey him. Even if we can't figure out why God is telling us to do something, we need to obey him. God's word is good, and he deserves our ultimate allegiance and obedience. When we disobey God and go our own way, we hinder his work in our world. When we obey him, he works through us, and his word is fulfilled. So friends, as we wrap up today, let's see the power of prayer, the priority of preaching, and remind ourselves that true joy is found when we trust Jesus and obey his word. Let's also see that we don't need any fancy extras in order to study the Bible. All we need are sincere hearts. Remember the light bulb, the question mark, and the arrow. And let's keep reading Jesus' word to help us know him and to make him known.